couple members of the Randy Newman fandom discussing one of his songs at random, followed by another that's a cover. It's Wheel of Randy. It's Wheel of Randy. Everything is terrible. But let's forget about that for 45 minutes and enjoy the show. It's Wheel of Randy. Folks, we've got Henry Tideman today. How are you, Henry? I'm doing very well, Dan. I'm very pleased to be speaking to you. Henry uh, reached out to me and and said that he was a fan of the show. Uh, there, there's an old saying in, in in folk music that you know you've reached the big time when when the uh, when the venues start calling you instead of you calling them first. <laughs> so I feel like the podcast has arrived. This is the this is the big time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, Henry is a a part of the band Barbara. And I've been listening to you pretty regularly the past week or so, the two right. songs you have on Spotify. And and all I've got to say is I, I need more. I need more. <laughs> do you like it? Do you like what you've heard, Dan? I do. I do. I, I think these new communications is, is so catchy and so clever. Uh, okay. it, it, it's one of those songs I, I wake up with it playing in my head. Oh, well. That is music to my ears to hear you say something like that. That's 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 brilliant. Now, uh, Barbara is, is is you and your brother. Is that right? That's right. Yes, yeah, so it is. A, it's a duo, really. We do have a band that plays with us, and a brilliant band when we when we go on stage and when we go in the studio. But Barbara, really, yeah, is me and my my brother John. Yeah. Okay, and you're from Kentucky. Is that right? No, we're from Brighton, which is a uh, city on uh, the south coast of England. Okay. And it's about an hour on the train away from London. All right. Uh, I, I know uh, you're not from Brighton by Fatboy Slim, so that, <laughs> that's... Oh, so, well, Fatboy Slim lives... You know what? Fatboy Slim lives down the road from, um, I think... I think he lived very close to where I live. Yeah, he lives in. He comes from the same city as me. Yeah. Oh, so very nice. That's, very that's nice. the same Brighton. Yeah. All right. So, um, how how long have you been performing? I mean, you know, with being with your brother, there's a, a certain advantage there. I assume you've been, you know, working we, together. Yeah, we've done. We always uh, we always sat around the piano and played and sung songs together when we were kids, uh, and we were taught you know, to play the piano, kind of sort of classically trained, but we didn't ever really seriously think about doing a musical project together until a couple of years ago, really, two or three years ago. Um, But we have, I mean, we have pretty similar tastes in the music that we love, and it just felt uh, like, you know, something that we're both very keen on doing, really. So, um, but it's fairly recent, yeah. And, and... Who, who, who would you say your influences are? I, I hear a lot of kinks. Uh, my my yeah. wife uh, hears a, a bit of bare naked ladies in you. I what? Okay. 
what what uh, what influences you? Yes, yeah, so, I mean we're slight. Yeah, we are. There is a slight difference between the two of us. I mean, the, Ray Davis and the Kinks is is potentially a, the a kind of number one influence for me, and and I'm sure we might talk about Ray Davis a little bit oh. later because I think there's there's a there's a connection there with between Ray Davis and Randy Newman. Um, and for my brother, really, it's it's uh, it's Electric Light Orchestra. It's it's uh, Jeff Lynne, who who is also connected to um, Randy Newman. Yeah, in a couple um, of different, different ways, ways. yes. Mm. So um, it's those kind of, it's lots of, I suppose, and, and the obvious ones like the Beatles, which are kind of, you know, it goes without saying that they're very, they're very important. Yeah. So it's kind of songwriter. It's it's British. It's a lot of British songwriters from the from the 60s and the 70s, um, but who made kind of quite the, the luscious, oh, we love the kind of luscious production that you get on lots of those records, especially with, with Electric Light Orchestra. And John's really into the Divine Comedy as well, or a slightly more obscure band from the kind of 90s and 2000s. I don't know if you're aware of them. I'm not. Um, but, uh, yeah, song, I mean, I think we start with, it's the songwriters that we went after, really. I mean, that's that's where it starts for us, really, which is why, which is why it all comes back to Randy Newman. I mean, I, I love people that can write brilliant songs that tell fascinating kind of beautiful stories. Um, and that's why Ray Davis is, is so... Um, so kind of important for me. Um, yeah. So there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's a few of them there, I suppose. Where I really need your perspective, um, I, I've heard, you know, with, with the Beatles and, and and with with the Kinks that there is a lot of musical influence. And I know in in your write up, you've talked about uh, musical influence as well. And, you know, as, as an American, help educate me because I, I don't have a good feel for what musical was well i i don't know much more than what i suppose it will say if you look music all up on wikipedia which i guess it's a kind of 19th century uh it's a 19th century uh genre and it was uh it was theater based and it was lots of kind of honky-tonk piano and um it was uh i think culturally also a significant part of it is you were getting kind of uh, working class voices writing music and performing music for the first time in, or in on a significant stage and singing in their kind of working class accents, which was which was you know fairly significant considering that lots of art going back centuries uh, tended to be created by you know the kind of upper classes. So there's a significant there's a significant kind of class thing going on there. And in the case of the, the Beatles and especially with the Kings with Ray Davis there is a yeah the musical um is a is a is a profound influence and it's I mean you were messaging me saying that you had found a music hall track that yeah. connected a little bit maybe you want to talk about that later but yes. yeah we'll, we'll talk about Charles make... Rose here in a few minutes <laughs> what did you make of it then what did you what did you make of that um you know I the the, the closest the closest parallel that I, that I could find was was vaudeville um mm which yeah and, and before mod vaudeville we we had the the minstrel shows mm. which are certainly problematic in the, in their yes, own way that's right um but yeah very much the this uh you know like you said the 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 voice of the working class you know that mm. that charles penrose you know has such a such a, a unapologetic you know, heavy you know workman's accent mm. uh that uh, that is is kind of refreshing and you know vaudeville very much had that same way that it was it was a, a uh, it was a chance for you know both you know 
the, the, the Irish Americans to, to perform in their voice and, and for the Southern Americans to, to perform mm. in their voice. Um, so, yes. you know, Vaudeville's the closest that, that, that I, I can come, even though the timing is a little off on that. Um, yes. But yeah, I, it, it seems like, seems like it, it is, has influenced so many, so many British, uh, British acts. Um, yes. you know, the, the, with the kinks always having this kind of, sad nostalgia you know permeating mm. through, through their stuff I, I can definitely see the appeal yes i wonder what you think i mean the kinks are especially those kind of mid mid to late 60s records they they are very very british in their in their lyrics and their and the, the way that he sings i mean they are, and there's not there's no in, in i mean the beatles are very influenced by kind of american artists and you can hear that in some of the very early Beatles stuff but really the Kinks the thing that I really liked about the Kinks or like about the Kinks is their uh the the he's so interested in the kind of British experience of what it is to be to be British and and I suppose I think about them as slightly separate from the from the Beatles in that sense and again there's a Randy Newman comparison there I mean again and I'm sure we'll come on to this because Randy Newman is so much of it is about what it is to be an American and this is stuff I'm mean, sure you, you you're able to speak much better than me on this. But you know, the, he's interested in the history of his nation and where he sits within it, and the great things about his nation and the terrible things about his nation. And I suppose Ray Davis, I, I really do think of them as uh, those two songwriters as uh, as two sides of the same coin. I think of Ray Davis as uh, the British Randy Newman and Randy Newman as um, the American. Ray Davis, really, in their in their style and the way they think about. It. I mean, you might perhaps you disagree with that, but that, I, oh, I no, I see a lot of parallel there. Absolutely, mm, yes. Um, I, I think that you know, I, you know, America as 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 widespread as it is, um, you know, it, it's hard to capture the spirit of it in, in a single person. I think it helps mm. that Randy had had feet in in two parts of the country that mm. he has his Los Angeles and his New Orleans influence mm. uh, and is able to, to, to meld those two very, very different parts of the country. Mm. Yes. Um, so, you know, back to Barbara, um, were you, were you performing, you know, b- before the shutdowns? I, have, have you had a lot of, of chance to perform live? We were doing, we were doing, we were doing little bits and bobs around before lockdown I mean it was kind of we were kind of just getting going around that time really so it wasn't actually the end of the world you know the lockdown in terms of the the band in the way that it was for other bands you know bands that bands that 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 needed to tour to kind of survive and keep keep their fans happy uh it was very very difficult and I know people in bands that are kind of on that level so I felt for them but actually we were you know, we were a couple of rungs below that, really. And it, and what it meant was that we could kind of continue doing lots of what we were doing, which is writing lots and recording. And things are kind of opening up for us now, opening up for us in, 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 in England now at quite a nice time. And we've got um, a couple of festivals in the late summer um, lined up, which is very exciting. We've got we're playing the Isle of Wight Festival next month, which is certainly the biggest um, you know, show that we've we've had so far. Very so good. it wasn't so the, the COVID and the lockdown was not you know in a, mu- in a musical on the musical level it wasn't a terrible thing for Barbara like like I say we were able to kind of more or less carry on as as things were we weren't able to rehearse obviously and get get in the studio um, 
with 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 the other guys in the band, which isn't ideal, but um, you know, we could go on writing songs together, me and me and John, and that was that was all good. Very good. I hope you're not tired of answering this question, but how did you come up with the name Barbara? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, what we wanted was we wanted a name that kind of evoked uh, mid 20th century Britain, because this kind of uh, you know this. Ray Davis, Kinks thing that we want to uh, that we are really into and we want to kind of you know um, we're trying. John, my brother, likes to say that we're kind of trying to build a world, a kind of Barbara world, which is um, and that was a name that evokes that era quite nicely. I mean, if you look at kind of, I think we may have looked at lists of the most popular names, British names in the nineteen fifties or sixties or whatever, and Barbara was always up the top and it sounds great i mean it's a really nice sounding name as well so it's um i was surprised that there hadn't been any major bands with that name before when when i um when we thought about it um yeah. it's not great on spotify because inevitably <laughs> inevitably there are hundreds and hundreds of barbaras um my, so my when i tell people just to... keep sending me to barbara streisand so I have... <laughs> yeah when i well when i tell people to look us up on spotify they do they do need to put the song uh title in as well but if they do that, then uh, then they'll find us. Yeah, and it's worth <laughs> worth the effort. Uh, I'll put a couple of links out there with with the show notes. And uh, oh, please do. But I'm 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 really honored that you reached out to me because uh, I I really really enjoy your work. That's fantastic. I I love it now. You know, with what with podcasts, um, the ease with which people can make podcasts that we can do a podcast like this. I mean, we've never not met each other before and we've never never really spoken to each other and we are a couple of clicks away from having uh you know a long conversation hopefully about this kind of shared interest that we have and it's fantastic i'm looking forward to it yeah you know let's let's just jump right into that because you you, you've picked a a really tricky song and i'm glad you did (laughs) uh what song have you brought for us to talk about today so this is uh jolly coppers on parade and it's from uh I think it's 1977, this album, Little Criminals, is that right? Yeah, Little Criminals, yeah, 77. Um, And I I think, the reason why I think Randy Newman is so brilliant uh, is that I I love short stories. I think that form of literature is really brilliant. And it's a little bit of a shame that it's kind of massively out of fashion now. The short story is not the thing that it was 100 years ago. Yeah. and I love kind of writers like Chekhov and I love reading all those kind of short stories that those kind of legends of literature wrote, you know, in the, in the late 19th, early 20th century. And I think of Randy Newman as a kind of literary figure, really, with his songs. I think that he, you know, his songs are like little Chekhov short stories. They're these kind of beautiful little episodes um, of life that have something that always have something really quite kind of profoundly true about them. I mean, that's what people say about Chekhov is that the reason why uh, those stories are so timeless is that you can always, that there is some kind of human truth in them, whatever the story is about. There's always something true that we can, we can identify with, even if, you know, the world of, you know, Russia from the late 1800s is very different of the world that we live in today. And I think lots of Randy Newman's songs are kind of like that. And I actually think that, Jolly Coppers on Parade is maybe, I'm sure lots of people would disagree, in my opinion, it's one of the most beautiful of his songs for that reason. It's this kind of wonderful little story that has something really kind of profoundly true about it. Um, 
I don't know whether you want to say what that story is or whether what would be, I guess will people are you going to tell people to listen to it and maybe in case they've not heard it. Yeah, yeah. Listeners, take take a quick break and listen to to Jolly Coppers on Parade. What I'd suggest you do is listen to it first, then read the lyrics and listen to it again, mm. um, because uh, you'll you'll definitely miss things the first time around. Um, mm. Off of Little Criminals, so listen to that, and we will be right back. Okay, so really, uh, as as Randy's songs go, you know, like you said, there's there's such a, a brilliant you know economy of language here mm. that he paints a picture with so few words. Um, mm. But this is, is one of his songs that, in a way, seems most straightforward. Uh, that, yes. that he's just reporting what this kid is seeing. Mm. Yeah, and I'll, I'll try not to bring it back to Chekhov. As, uh, all the time no, no that was so, that's what man's check off <laughs> right that's great that's great i to hear that that's what people say about Chekhov is that the stories are so he is so sparse with his language and therefore he gets to the heart of whatever kind of truth it is and in this case in the case of this song um you know it is about i would suggest being a little child and the kind of wonder of being a child and 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 childhood dreams and seeing you know uh the very best in life and being profoundly kind of excited by something you see which to us kind of older folk might not seem particularly interesting or is quite mundane or is um you know is not particularly exciting and yet in the case of this boy in this song who i imagine is i don't know seven years old eight years old he sees these kind of policemen on parade and it is absolutely you know it's it's a wonderful thing that he is experiencing and i'm you know he and and i have memories of experiences like that i have memories of being and i'm sure lots of people do of being very very young and having an experience that you might look back on now and think well that was nothing it was it was you know it wasn't it was i went i was in a bakery shop or i was looking at something in the shop window and it, it was nothing it was unimportant in the grand scheme of things and yet at the time um it felt like it was life-changing. It felt like I was seeing something which was shaping, you know, my life in a really kind of uh, profound way. And in this song, you, I mean, I listened to it and it absolutely imagine that little boy with his mother stood on the, stood on the side of the street looking at these uh, policemen and in totally, totally in awe of them and tugging on her clothes and saying, I, that's what I want to be when I grow up. I, I, I've seen the light. It's almost like a kind of religious experience that he has. Um, but you're right to say what you say and it's very very in one sense it's very very simple it is just a description of a one-off event in this town center i imagine and yet for this character who who actually isn't introduced in the song until the middle eight i don't think uh once the boy is introduced um he is you know we see things from his perspective and we are you know we we appreciate the kind of the wonder that he's he's experiencing what do you think of that? Is that am I over the top with some of that? No, no, no. I, 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 I think you, you've summed it up nicely. You know, it, it, my my struggle with this is, you know, I listen to it and I think, well, Randy, I know I can't trust you, mm. 
is there a menace behind this? <laughs> um, yes. And, you know, I, I think about the power of, of that pageantry and the mm-hmm. power of that, that uniform. I remember, you know, when my son was seven and eight, you know, just how fascinating you know, the military was to him. Uh, because of you know, because of the such a striking visual image mm. that 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 the, the the police and and the, the the military put out, and I was like, well, that's great, but I really don't want you to end up in Iraq in ten years. <laughs> so yes, let, let, yeah. let's not get carried away here. Um, mm. So I was trying to think about Randy's you know, relationship with the police. And you know the 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 closest I can think in, in, in his previous work is 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 rednecks. He's talking mm-hmm. about locking people up indiscriminately. Yeah. Um. So I I I kept wondering: Is he commenting about uh, you know the power of propaganda? Mm. Now he said he's he he claims innocent. He mm. said that it was a song about uniforms and about his kids and about how you know fascinating that is Mm. you know he's tended to lie in interviews before so (laughs) maybe it is maybe it's not but i want to i want to find a wholesome pleasure in this song but part of me is always on guard no no i think that's great and i i think i agree with lots of what you're saying and I wonder whether it can be both things, these songs. I wonder whether this song can be both of those things at the same time. Uh, I wonder if the wonder the child experiences is absolutely there, but also there is that kind of darkness. There is that suggestion. And actually, there's a great quote, but I, I have it somewhere. He says, actually, I've written it down here. He says, he's talking about the song. This is from his an interview he did in the same year. He said, it isn't an absolutely anti-police song. And actually, I think there, he gets to the heart of what we're saying. Yeah. He's, he's on the fence. He's on the fence about this. He, it, it isn't absolutely anti-police, which does suggest that, to a large extent, there is a kind of anti-police, anti-authority, a kind of scepticism of, of the men in uniform thing going on. But he, it isn't absolutely anti-police because, I think... I'm going to start repeating myself, but I think he sees the beauty in the child's experience of having that really, really powerful experience. Uh, But um, I think you're certainly onto something. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, with Randy Newman, absolutely. We should look, we should look for the kind of dark edges. Absolutely. I'm so relieved to hear that because that, that sums up my reaction to it in in so many ways. Um, You know, you know, even before you know George Floyd, there has been a lot of uh, it. It has become more socially acceptable in the states to 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 openly criticize you know the the hyper militarization uh, mm. of, of our police system. Um, but at the same time, you know, I I'm never been one of these these uh, people that 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 paint all cops in that light. You know that mm. that whole. ACAB movement that's out there because mm. you know I've got family members who are cops you know my my, mm. I, my my granddad was and and I remember being so fascinated by his uniform he was uh, yes. in, in the south of Texas and wearing this heavy wool uniform it's like what <laughs> why did they issue <laughs> you this um, 
you know, and, you know, I still got, you know, his holster and, you know, it's, you know, he, he wasn't a perfect man, but, you know, this is, mm. it, it's something that, that's near and dear to me. Um, you know, I've got friends, I've, I've got a, a friend here in, in, in Tulsa, uh, who's a, you know, an African-American woman who has, has joined the police and has, you know, she, she's not joined to, to reform the system, but, but she very much wants to be a positive presence you know, in her community, and she's taken a, a great risk in doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it, it's such a, a weird time here in the states with with, with police, yes. uh, and and how you know, especially the younger generation is, is reacting to it. it. It's been been interesting to watch. So I'm I'm glad that Randy has written something that 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 can help express you know those mixed mm. feelings. Yes, I. It it is odd for some that is forty uh, odd plus years old. Um, it is kind of weirdly relevant to the to the modern times, isn't it? And especially this kind of the, the the mixed feelings that we're talking about, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I've been thinking more widely about his his writing. I mean, uh, lots of and coming back to the thing I was saying about the way he thinks about what it is to be American and. and what America is and what it has been. Um, lots of his songs are 40 years old and yet seem to be very relevant to 2021. Oh, yeah. And he seems and he seems to hit on controversial topics that are being it does feel like in the last kind of 18 months or so are being discussed in ways that weren't beforehand. And actually he seems to have got there 30 years, 40 years before lots of us in terms of uh, you know putting his finger on Kind of important issues and um so absolutely I, I i agree with what you're saying 100 you know i i just thinking about there there's so much media uh, around the, the the police yeah yeah you know ha- half the tv shows growing up were, were a, a couple mm-hmm. of detectives you know getting out there and, and taking care of things and I was trying to think of the first media that I saw that painted police in a negative light, um, you know, other than, you know, NWA or something. And I kept going back to Sinead O'Connor's uh, Black Boys on Mopeds. Okay. Which is, you know, it, it's, it's an anti-Thatcher song, but, but it, it was tackling, you know, police brutality in 89. Mm. And, and for, for it, for it to be, you know, done at that time and seen as ahead of its time, you know, we're we're talking seventy seven here. Yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. And and I, I suppose he kind of, because it's subtle, uh, he kind of gets away with it, doesn't he? I mean, there are lots of people who wouldn't want to have conversations about the difficult, the the the, the darker side of policing that can listen to a song like this and just hear it purely as a kind of a happy song about a boy who wants to become a policeman. So he kind of. He slides these things in um, through his subtlety, but that, yeah, but no, no, yeah, absolutely, that's very interesting. Do you know uh, his song "Follow the Flag"? Yeah, I do. I do know that song. Yeah, is that uh, remind me of the album? That's off of Land of Dreams, off of the Jeff Lynne. Yes, I've recently, I've recently been listening to that album a lot. Yeah, and so yeah, and I, I wonder. I mean, that's kind of. I'm guessing we think it's a kind of there's a, there's there's a heavy dose of irony there with lots as there is with lots of his kind of. Yeah, he, he said stuff. before that he was was looking to to push the edge of sincerity there. Mm, okay. Both would follow okay. the flag and and Jolly Coppers. You know, it can 
and well okay we're we're, we're going to get into something here but it's something that could be sung straight and yes. straight, you know, by, mm. by a mainstream audience without that, without any hint of irony. I mean, mm. of those songs could be sung in a patriotic setting and no one would blink an eye. Um, just like, uh, you know, he gives us all his love has been performed by tons of gospel mm. performers, even though Randy's being pretty tongue in cheek about, mm. about, about, uh, about the nature of God in in that song. Yes. Um, so so I, I love the idea that 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 it all depends on the audience and in a way on the performer. That things can go either way. Yes, that's and it's very very clever that isn't it? And and that does remind me of the and I know I've heard from previous episodes you don't like to talk about uh, the song Rednecks and now you're going to play that that little jingle. Yes, it, um, here it comes. However, that's. Doesn't talk about rednecks, <laughs> which I look forward to hearing when I listen back to this. But that's—I mean—that's exactly what we're talking about, isn't it? What am I right in saying that he used to tour the song in in the southern of the southern, some of the southern states, and people would sing the song back to him unironically, and it became an anthem for the very kind of people that he was—you know—he was singing about in parts of that song, and, and therefore he stopped singing it. Is that—is that right? That's about right, yeah. Yeah. So I suppose there's always that danger with some of this stuff that it's taken up by. It's taken up by uh, people who he really wouldn't want to take it up. <laughs> He's, uh, you know, short people's the same way. That, uh, yes. That he, he said he did, wasn't setting out to create an anthem that bullies would use as a rallying point, but here we mm. go. <laughs> and you talked about that last a uh, couple of weeks ago, didn't you? That, that uh, it probably were people who ended up being bullied by that song i mean so I, I i i think they would have done it one way or another but yes yes okay, a little okay. more justified in what they were doing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i think i agree with that now we've been we've been messaging back and forth about the origin of, of this title jolly coppers on parade um because you know i was going down a youtube rabbit hole re- researching this song uh and uh, i i was reading uh, a Randy biography, and he says that he happened upon the phrase in a book, and yes. and the phrase caught his attention, and that that's why he wrote this the song, and so he was unaware that there was a previous song, Jolly Copper Song Parade by Charles mm. Penrose. Um, yeah. I think that I'm going to assume that's public domain. I'm going to go ahead and 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 include that in, in the show so people know. Oh, what yeah, great, do do it. <laughs> There's a tramp, tramp, tramp at the end of the street. It's the jolly coppers going on parade in the uniforms of blue with their brass band playing. Um, but you know, Charles Penrose is was was a music hall performer starting in the 1880s. Mm. And um, have you heard his song, The Laughing Policeman? You know what? I haven't. I haven't heard that. I've heard the song that you sent. So I've listened to his, yeah, his song, Jolly Coppers, but I don't know The Laughing Policeman. Let, let me play a clip of that because Laughing Policeman is, was his claim to fame. Uh, and it was basically not only a song, but, but the character that he, that, that he rode into fame for a long time. Oh, great. So I'll just play you a little clip of this. 
Yeah, yeah. I know a fat old policeman, he's always on our street. A fat and jolly red-faced man, he really is a treat. He's too kind for a policeman, he's never known to frown. And everybody says he is the happiest man in town. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, so that it's interesting. I didn't know the track, the song, up until the laugh, and then I knew the laugh. So the laugh oh, itself okay. is a is is a very well known um, piece of music. So I've heard it independently of of the lyrics, which probably says something about it. Yeah, that's that's lasted. I've I've, I've have heard that before. Apparently that laugh you know, paid the bills for, for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty great laugh. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those happy coincidences that, that, you know, that, uh, that Randy stumbled upon that title and, mm. and ran with it. And, you know, I've, I've heard that from a couple of different things like, uh, uh, you know, Napoleon Dynamite. Was you know it was an Elvis Costello stage name, but the guys who wrote that movie didn't know that. They just stumbled upon the name and thought, wow. "What a great name!" That's great. I'm, I in the interview that I mentioned earlier, it very briefly mentioned that it that the Jolly Coppers on Parade as a title had come from yeah, like you said, a, a book, and I think it was a was it a Swedish crime novel or something like that. So I wonder whether the Swedish crime novel that perhaps he was reading in 1974 or whatever or five when he wrote this refers to this very famous piece of music from the 1890s perhaps I don't know I'm trying to work out how the things may have come into alignment um but I suppose it's very possible yeah, that it's just a total coincidence and you know, I suppose these things happen don't they that's too funny well t- tell tell me tell me why you picked this song because you know it's it, it certainly while it's off his best-selling record it's not his, his his best known. What 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 appealed to you enough that you said this this is something we should talk about? Well, I tell you something. I I kind of hinted at earlier, but I didn't really get into it. I I don't think. I mean, I, I listen to lots of music. I love music. You know, I, we we write music and make music, and obviously we, we we're influenced by lots of different artists. But I don't think there is a song by any artist where I can. Uh, uh, close my eyes and imagine the scene and the characters of the song as clearly as this song. Uh, lots and lots of music, lots and lots of music uh, is from the first person and is about the emotional experience, you know, of that of the singer. It's a love song or it's a breakup song. Uh, this is so different, and um, I do. That's the thing more than anything that stands out for me here is that like, the scene comes flashes up so uh, vividly in my head whenever I listen to it um, that I, it's quite moving, I find. Now, I also love the music of it. I think that, the, you know, the chords, uh, it's very, very simple chord production, uh, chord, you know, pattern, but the production is really kind of, uh, well, I don't know how you would describe the production. I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen that interview piece referred to it as quite a Marvin Gaye style production, which I hadn't necessarily thought of, but oh, it is quite, it's quite luscious. Um, I love the use of the, the subtle use of the strings on there. Um, and later on, there's some nice kind of flutes that come in that evoke the, uh, the marching band, the kind of policeman marching band. But really, if, you know, the, 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 number, the reason why this stands out to me is that thing that I was saying about 
uh, imagining the story in the same way that you imagine characters and settings in fiction when you read short stories, really. I wondered, I mean, what do you think about that? Is that do you, when you listen yeah. to the, the Randy Newman songs that are stories, and lots of them are stories, do you imagine these characters? Do you see them in your head? Oh, a- absolutely. Uh, you yeah. know, the, the most stirring example I can think of is uh, Wedding in Cherokee County, you know, the, the old woman sitting on the porch. You know, I don't know that one. I don't know that one. It, 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 it's a very funny song off, off mm. of Good Old Boys, but it, it's so evocative of, the old Southern women that I grew up around. Really? Um, so, you know, it, it's very easy for, for him to paint that picture, even if it's something he hasn't experienced firsthand. Uh, you know, I, 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 I try to imagine what a lesser writer would have done with this song. And I think they would have started off talking about the boy. Yes. That there was a boy and his mom on the street. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, for, for Randy, we don't, get that until like you said the middle eight um, mm. which in a way is why i wanted people to listen to this twice um, yes i agree with you completely and then because that you, you only late you only realize later don't you, that it is the whole thing well maybe maybe you disagree with this but i think the whole thing really is from his perspective oh yeah um he talks about the soldiers being like does he say they're like angels? Is that right? Have I got yeah, so nice? Uh, just like angels come down from paradise. Yeah. So I think when you when you hear those things being said, and you're 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 told about the boy, you realise I think that everything in this song is from that perspective of that very small boy's um, point of view. But you're absolutely right. It's interesting, isn't it, that he decides to drop that in three quarters of the way through the song and catch you unawares with it. I yeah, f- I forget the first time I heard it and what I thought. What I more thought of the song after two minutes, I thought this is quite, this is quite sort of, a, well, this is a bit odd. But yeah, once you, once the child has dropped in there, it changes the whole thing. And he's given us a little misdirection before then because he talks about now they're doing tricks for the children. Mm. And yes. you know, he didn't say tricks for us children. Yeah, yeah, it's not the kind of thing you would expect a child to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And there's something else in there, isn't there? There's the um, there's the, the feet of the policeman almost uh, barely touching the ground, which I thought kind of gives it a kind of, there's a dreamlike thing going on there. It's almost, he says how their feet barely touch the ground, which I guess, well, I'm not, I'm not sure what he means, but to me it's kind of, it adds a kind of sort of ethereal thing, the sense that it's almost, I don't know, is he, remember, is he remembering it or in some sense and it's kind of got that tinge, that kind of, dreamlike tinge perhaps um as as memories sometimes do i don't know i i wonder if that's you know in contrast to you know a a soldier with a heavy boot that Mm. you know if if this kid has seen you know uh, you know we're we're a few years out from from few years after vietnam here so it's not like he would have seen a lot of active military but but instead of that 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 harsh march that we have Mm. this kind of joyous you know, procession down down the street. Yes. So they're yeah, great. So they're angels, and they have a kind of joyous, light-footed thing. They're about as far away in his description from the kind of conventional depictions of of um, of of people with soldiers and people with guns as you as you could imagine. Yeah. Randy would probably say we're overanalyzing this, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps he would. Perhaps he would. Well, here comes the wheel, Henry. Great. 
and folks, you can uh, spin the wheel at home. Just go to Twitter, go to our pinned tweet, and... Okay, so... Green wheel. Right spin the wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel of Randy. Okay, three, two, one, stop. All right, off of that same okay. album, we have Little Criminals. Uh, Little Criminals, which is... T- yeah, okay. I want to say, is this... Uh, we've almost made it to the top. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I was listening to this earlier on today. Okay. I was um, going to ask you, do you want a refresher or we can just go on from there? Yeah. Let's go on. Let's stick, yeah, let's stick it on. And I'd, I'd like to listen to it again. Okay. Folks off that same album, little criminals. This is the title track and we will be right back. All right, Henry, what you got? I wonder what... This is also mentioned in the uh, New York Times interview that I read uh, with him, which I guess he was promoting the record in in 1977. And the song is briefly mentioned. And I think it said something like, is it about a kind of small... Basically, kind of small, fairly low-level, small-time criminal gangs, basically, that think that they are... Uh, the thing that they're about to, you know, on their next job, they're going to make millions and millions. Um, but in reality, um, they're kind of pretty pathetic, uh, not particularly yeah. impressive chaps. They, what do you think? Uh, they think they're so big time that that, that this this pusher is is, is 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 bringing them down. Yeah, we're trying to class up the joint here. <laughs> You know. it's, vintage, it's vintage Randy Newman, actually, isn't it? I mean, you know, the fact that it's about these kind of maybe pathetic is a slightly harsh uh, way to describe the, the, the people in the song. But he's writing about people that aren't particularly impressive uh, uh, people to, you know, in, in some sense. But, um, you know, and, you know, you don't tend to get movies and great works of literature made about people that do this kind of thing. But... Um, he seems to think it's worth saying something about them, and the, and the, you know the te- and the, the great tension between what these people are all about and this wonderful kind of chorus refrain line that keeps coming back uh, is is a classic kind of Randy Newman, isn't it? It's a wonderful hook actually that almost made it to the top. That uh, you know there there's a uh, there, there's a, a saying uh, in America that there there are no poor people only temporarily embarrassed millionaires that everyone thinks they're just on the verge of making yes you know some people said why why would why would you know all these working class people support you know the republican tax structure it's because (laughs) because someday that's going to be me yes that's really really interesting i wonder whether actually there there's something very there's something quite specifically american about that song because that so. what you just mentioned there is not so much I don't think that's so much a British part of the popular British outlook. And I think there's is there an American dream I know that's a very cliche thing to talk about, but I think there's a kind of there's something fundamentally American, yes, about the idea that these guys, quite little guys who aren't amounting to very much, still have some belief that they are just on the verge of making it making it really big. That's very interesting. Yeah. I, I, Lou Reed one time said that. They're driving gypsy cabs, but they're thinking like a truck. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's great. Right, yeah, really good. right there. Um, to, uh, talk about the orchestration on this because you know we, we've got the piano, we've got the electric guitar, and then w- what is this this thing that that almost sounds like a siren that's going yes. on? I I wish I could tell you, Dan, what that was. You know, I I I love when <laughs> when I hear a song and I can't identify the instrument. <laughs> yes. No. No. It's great. And um, in the again, I'm referring back to this interview a lot, but it talked about the production on this record and how there's a little bit more going on on the production level than than those some of those earlier albums. There are things like that effect that you've referred to. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that he does that, and it's only ever subtle. He doesn't suddenly, you know, he doesn't start making an album that's got loads of kind of wacky, over the top sound effects. But he is kind of pushing. He he is doing things musically slightly differently to before, and I think that's great. And I think he does more of that on. It's the next album, the one in eighty, the one with the Kiss front cover. Yeah, Born Again. There's a bit, bit more of that there. So I, you know, he never, he never steps away radically from the kind of musical style uh, that he uh, is associated with. Apart from when he makes that rap song, that rap track on. Um, <laughs> we are on, actually uh, going to do Master Man and Baby J. <laughs> well, I did, oh, you're gonna you're gonna do that one, are you? We, we've got someone signed up to wow. do it. I'm looking forward to that one. So apart from that one, where he really is stepping uh, in, a, in, in, an, in an unexpected direction, shall we say, he never goes radically away. But, but, but anyway, yeah, things like that affect that kind of odd siren thing. Yeah, I like, I like the way that he's kind of, he feels the confidence to, to, to do things slightly differently musically. It's not just the piano and the voice as it was um, on, on, on some of those early 60s records. Yeah, the, my, my last thing about this song, there, there's a, a, a group of super fans uh, and they call themselves the Little Criminals. They've okay. they've put out a couple of of, of CDs of, of of fan music. Yes. Uh, they still have a, a an active email list today. But I've always thought it was strange that they decided to call themselves Little Criminals. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. No, that's that, I, I like that a lot. Very good. Yeah. So shout shout out to my my Little Criminals fans because I know a few of them are listening. Okay, now it's time to do this week's cover. This week's cover. Great. And I went around trying to find some covers of Jolly Coppers, and there are not many out there. Mm. Um, I did find one by, uh, there's a, a, a Danish uh, gentleman who did it and, mm. and then Freddie White. But, but the one that I stumbled on was, was called Dolores Diaz and the Standby Club. And this is okay. a side project. It's basically an Omaha super group, if such a thing exists. Okay. Um, but Connor Obers from, from Bright Eyes did it. So uh, that, that, that's one that's worth a listen. But, but let's go beyond Jolly Coppers. Is there a cover that you particularly enjoy of any Randy song that you'd recommend? That's a great question. I mean, there are the, there are the, there are the obvious ones, aren't they? I mean, the thing, the thing that I think is interesting that I read recently, I mean, I suppose I'm now going to say a cover that didn't happen. Uh, but he said in an interview that he wrote, I mean, I'm sure you're aware of this, but he wrote, uh, he wrote Lonely at the Top for Frank Sinatra. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm quite, a, I like a lot of the Sinatra stuff. So if only that had happened and that, <laughs> Dan, that would be the one that I would be choosing now. I will gladly listen and comment to any, on any cover that you think is worth 
actually let's let's go ahead and and do um dolores ds okay uh, yeah let's do it i found this on spotify so this should be easy for people to find yeah i mean it's as these songs go it's it's an obscure one isn't it so it, it um, is. i guess it's not it's not a surprise that it's not it's not something that people have done lots of um cover versions of i i, I can't imagine why they chose this Let's just listen to a clip here. Uh-oh, here comes another one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was good fun. That was good fun. Sure. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with some pedal steel. Um, yes. I mean, I mean, the thing that it reminded me of there, or the, that I thought of, was the fact that there's lots of that kind of slide slide um, thing going on. And that reminds me, it, the, the record, Little Criminals, has got lots, it's got quite a few eagles uh backing vocals on there and there's quite a bit of that guitar so i was reminded i guess people that are into that kind of music may may find that this is this is one of their favorite randy newman records because he he dips into that quite a bit on here but the song i mean the song itself was it was was good fun the cover version there i mean it was bigger it had a kind of epicness to it which yeah. isn't there in the randy newman version what so, did you think do you any thoughts well you know i you know, it, 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 I, I I love how we have a song that that is so piano heavy and just has that relentless you know you know chord progression to it mm. and, and now we've got it in a, a completely different genre and and mm. it, it still works and it still evokes that same feeling so mm. um, yes I, that's that's just a, 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 a tribute to strong lyrics as much as anything there yeah absolutely. And I, I think of you know, you know Tyler Mann Co, who always says that there's so little uh, space between pop and country, and there's always been so little space between pop and country mm. that 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 just about any pop song with a little tweak will make the country charts. And so mm. uh, you know Dolores Diaz kind of I, I, I see them kind of proving the point there that you could you could get away with playing that you know and and. In, in in a cowboy club, so mm. Mm, yeah, so right. that is that. All right, Henry, I think that's about it. Thank you so much, and thank you for everything you're doing with Barbara. Uh, what's the best way for people to to get hold of you and to, to... well, uh, people on all on on Facebook and on Instagram, it's uh, it's Barbara the band. So people should type in Barbara the band. And if they want to hear the music, they should put Barbara into Spotify. But they should also put, the, like I said earlier, they should put the name of the song in as well. So it comes up. So they should really put Barbara these new communications if they want to hear Dan's favorite song. <laughs> and uh, he, here's hoping that, uh, that there's much more. And, and, and best, best of luck at, at the Isle of Wight. And, uh, great. Thank you very much. And thanks for all your, I mean, thanks. Yeah. That was great fun, Dan. Everybody. Thanks for listening today. A couple of thank yous to go out. Uh, thank you to Matt Farley for our theme music. You can check him out at moturnmedia.com. Thanks to Brian Mays for our artwork. Thanks to Alex Sanchez for our Pot of Second Chances theme. Thanks to the good folks at Good Trash Media for hosting us. And thank you to you for listening. See you next time. Bye. It's Wheel of Randy.